KFNC. You have my curiosity. Mont Bellevue, Houston. Now you have my attention. ESPN 97.5, a Gao Media Station. This is Moneyline. This is Moneyline. This is Moneyline. Touchdown! This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Yeah, we made it. You just talking. If they hate it, you know they're watching. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Presented by Klein's Jewelry and My Bookie. Klein's Jewelry and My Bookie. Live from the RentersWarehouse.com studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Nice camera action. Hello, world. Welcome to Moneyline, the newest, greatest, biggest fantasy football and gambling show. I'm honored to be sitting next to this guy. He's a genius. He's a statistician. I present Josh Jordan. What's going on, Jerry? Welcome in Houston. It's our brand new show, Moneyline. We're going to have all the fantasy football coverage for you. We're going to have all the gambling plays. And what I think is really great is the time that our show is starting, Jerry, because we're, we're going to be able to get people prepared for their drafts. I don't know about you, but I was, I was talking to some of my buddies that I've been playing in leagues with uh, since high school, really. And, man, it, two weeks is our draft day. I mean, it is coming up fast. So, you know, we're bringing you in if you want to win your leagues. We're the guys to talk to about that. Uh, I'm pretty excited, Jerry. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. It's a moment that uh, we've been waiting for for a long time. We've uh, talked about the idea for this show for a very long time. It was uh, the first times I laid my eyes on him. I saw him trying to pick out which was going to be the number 28 wide receiver on a random week. And when somebody cares about the 28th overall wide receiver, that's the guy I want on my team. Honestly, he uh, this is what he does. He's an animal with it. He's the guy at a... Uh, He's our sports map fantasy expert, and I'm again, I'm so glad to have him on. But w- before I even go any further, let me introduce you to the guy behind the glass, somebody that uh, means a lot to me from the moment I started this whole endeavor. The, uh, the guy behind the In The Clutch podcast, shout out to my boys. What's up, Cam? How's it going, fellas? We're doing good, right, Jerry? Hey. Yo, I'm very good. excited to be here. I'm very excited. Well, let's uh let's get into something of about what the show is gonna bring to the table. And we the idea was to bring not just come up here on a Sunday morning and just throw out numbers, just drilling numbers, drilling numbers. We want to make it interactive. We want to hear your sorrow stories. If you lost on a fumble, <laughs> call me. I want to hear it. If your kicker can't make anything, call me. Josh has got the remedy. <laughs> Honestly, this is what it's for. We want you guys to feel comfortable. We want you guys to be put in the better spot to win week by week. And at the end of the day, we feel like we uh, got the information to help you out with that. No doubt about it. You guys all know Jerry Bow. 
probably famously from that run he had on World Cup soccer, which was incredible. What was it, 64% you were out there, Jerry? Correct. This is a ridiculous number. So you know Jerry knows his stuff. He's a huge fantasy football guy, too, if you guys didn't know that. So it's not just gambling that, that Jerry's an expert at. It, it's fantasy football, too. So we're ready to get this thing started. You know, we were at the, the listener party the other night, right? And how many people came up to us and were like, hey, we want to get in one of those leagues with you guys. We want a fantasy football show. We 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 gamble. We want to know who to bet on. So we got a lot of interaction at the listener event the other night. So hopefully a lot of you guys are listening right now. And and we're going to give you some good plays and get you ready for your drafts. Yeah, and as far as the listener leagues, um, thanks to our sponsor, Klein's Jewelry, um, he's going to be providing some prizes, a championship ring. We plan on having three leagues, a men's league, a women's league, and then a co-op. Josh and I will participate in the co-op so uh, we don't win the prizes. <laughs> no, but uh, on a serious note, we want you guys to uh, be able to enjoy yourselves, call in, smack talk. This is the place to smack talk. If you, if you had a big Thursday night game, by the time Sunday comes around, hey, you're feeling it? Call us. Let's, let's talk some smack to each other. No doubt about it. And we're going to tell you guys where to find us. You know, I'm at Jordan PFX on Twitter. Uh, at Jerry Bow, correct, on Twitter. And, uh, of course, the shows drop. You know, it's uh, at Moneyline97.5. So if you guys want some picks, you want to interact with us on the show, that's how you can find us. You can call the show, 713-780-ESPN. If you got some fantasy takes, you got a draft today, you know, give us a call. We'll we'll try and help you out. Yeah, definitely. And uh, that's all it's about, asking questions. We have questions ourselves. We don't know them all. You know, there's so much things to to dig into fantasy. So at this point, let's uh, try to get on the same page. And like you said, we're going to give you the best information possible. Yeah. And we're going to have, we're going to have some great guests this year as well. Um, we're going to have one segment every week where we have some big names. If you know, if you're an ESPN 97.5 listener, you're going to know these guys. Uh, Jerry, why don't you tell them a little bit about our, it's kind of like a pros versus Joe's pick them segment. Uh, why don't you tell the, the, the audience about that? So basically what we, uh, we envisioned having this to get, I guess, advice from many people. Sometimes when you listen to shows, it's driven by one, one person's view on the game, and that's yep. what you get. We wanted to do it interactive. So we came up with uh, pros versus Joes. Call it a gal media all-star team kind of thing. And involved in that will be the Blitz's Fred Fowler, the Bench's Lance Zerline. Culture Maps, Eric Sandler, Eric Sandler, yeah. and then we have Holly, which is a rising star here in the Gal Media Empire, and uh, she will be giving her picks every week, also. So they'll be competing against each other, and it's going to be fun. They, uh, we've already heard them smack talking each other, saying who's going to win and whatnot. So it's going to be interesting to see who comes out on top on that uh, on the pick'em. Yep, and that segment's going to be in the eleven o'clock hour. So stick around for that. We're going to hear from Fred and. Uh, we're going to do a little over-under on that segment. It's going to be on the, the Cowboys' win total for this year. So that'll definitely be something to stick around for. Um, what else you got, Jerry? Uh, I kind of want to talk about this Darius Geis breaking news. I mean, I know it happened a couple days ago, but, man, it's sure shaking up fantasy draft boards, hasn't it? Yeah, no, definitely. And, you know, the intro's gone. Let's get into football. Let's go around the NFL. Around the NFL. What's happening? Boom. All right. Darius Geis, torn ACL, out for the year. Really a a mid-round pick darling for a lot of people. You know, that fantasy player that doesn't want to pay a first-round pick for Barkley, 
you know, another rookie running back. A lot of people were looking to target uh, Geis there and, you know, not have to pay as much and maybe get the same type of return. But he's out for the year. Um, now I yes, Samaj P. Ryan, uh, Rob Kelly, they're going to bring him back. I really don't like <laughs> their first and second down ball carriers. I told Jerry the other day, I was thinking, why don't they reach out to Adrian Peterson? That would, that would make a lot of sense. Um, I'm kind of thinking this might be a backfield to stay away from. Where are you at, Jerry? I feel the same way. It's going to be tricky to see where this goes because I guess we're going to call him non-fat Rob Kelly because I, <laughs> yes. I hear he's uh, put off some weight and he uh, took the offseason pretty serious. So we'll see where that goes. And then Piran, if you remember him, he uh, had a, f- a fumbling problem coming into camp last year. So that's what moved him quickly back down the depth chart. And then when you have Chris Thompson, he's more of a third down specialist. He's that catching back. He plays on the passing downs and he's not a three, three down back. So one of those two guys is ultimately going to get their chance. And if you get lucky to draft one of them, they could work out as an RB2, a back end RB2, one with not so high of a ceiling, but they're not going to throw up duds for you. They're going to get the volume in the back in the backfield. Someone's going to have to touch it in the Jay Gruden offense. And at this point, one of those two guys is going to be the lead back. So keep an eye on that backfield and some value will come out of it. I think so too. And you know, one of the other big injuries, not huge, but it looked like maybe a hamstring for Marlon Mack of the Colts. That's another backfield that kind of looks like a, a committee to me. Um, I was kind of excited about the rookies, but they're giving Robert Turbin a lot of carries in the preseason. I, I know he's he's got a suspension coming up, but once again, I eh. no, <laughs> you know I, I'm not feeling good about any of these guys. Maybe it's like a lotto ticket flyer type pick, really late in your draft. Maybe you take a chance on one of those guys, but I can't get excited about it. But what I am excited about is Andrew Luck. Looks like he's. He's back to being Andrew Luck, so that offense might actually be good and not be a wasteland like it's kind of been for the last last year or so. No, I definitely agree. That uh, backfield is questionable. It, it was questionable coming into the season because what did we know about Mac? He had a few games last year, yes, but he was under four yards per carry, and a lot of that had to do with his offensive line. He was hit behind the line 33 off, uh, 33% of the time, which put him in a bad position. He's trying to work on losses you know then he would he would break these 20 yard runs but it never really showed on the stat sheet consistently and whenever you try to grab these running backs you want consistency now you look at what's behind him Jordan Wilkins out of the the two guys that are up they uh he's the, has the potential of a three down back Naheem Hines he's more of a scat back the catching the uh like a Sproles for example yeah. and that's where you'll have to pick the thin line between the two. If it's a PPR, Naheem Hines might work out. Yeah, no, I'm totally with you. And I think he ran the, the fastest 40 out of all the running backs at the Combine this year. So, you know, he's definitely an explosive dude. So, you know, he might be a good play for you. The other thing I really like is they address that offensive line in the draft. I mean, they went really heavy early in the draft to correct that. So I think they're going to be able to run the ball this year. I think Andrew Luck's back to being Andrew Luck, like I said. And, man, I'm – you know, we're going to get to my mock draft later in the show, but I'm really feeling T.Y. Hilton this year. Just He's such a value. You know, you, can, you don't have to take him typically in the second round. You can maybe get him in the third. And if Andrew Luck's back to being himself, man, he might, he might rack up 1,400 yards receiving this year. No, he is, and a lot depends on Andrew Luck and what he's going to be, going to be able to do as far as the peripheral stats for all these other players. Um, if Luck's healthy, 
he's being grossly, grossly underdrafted. Mm-hmm. And if he comes back anything close to what he was, that's the steal of the draft right there. He's on a team that the defense isn't really too good, so game script is pretty much always going to be in your favor. He has weapons. He has the new Frank Reich yeah. re- regime that started overtaking the Pagano moments. And what do you get with Frank Wright? He runs a sort of West Coast offense where he integrates his running backs as he, he uses the short pass game almost like a run game. And that's where you'll get these extra stats out of in a PPR league from a Hines if they can catch. If Wilkins could prove that he can catch out of the backfield. And that's what we're looking for. What ultimately changes for the Colts with Frank Wright coming under uh, – uh, for the, as coaching. Yeah, no doubt about it. You're maybe going to see an offense that looks similar to what the Eagles did last year because that's where he came from. You know, it might be another committee like we've been talking about. So, I mean, that'll definitely be something to keep in mind uh, as we go into the season here. So that's why these preseason games matter, right? You want to see who's getting on the field, who's getting the touches, and, hey, we're here to watch all that stuff so you guys don't. Hey, guys, and if I may, uh, back to that Washington running back situation, Look to draft those guys in the later rounds in that flex position. We know that these two guys are not the greatest running backs. Yep. But as far as that dump-off protective system for Alex Smith, look for these guys to be able to do that, you know, four or five catches a game, kind of that filler flex position. I agree. And, you know, Chris Thompson was really good last year. But, you know, he had a pretty serious injury. And he even said he's not 100% yet. So you sure don't like to hear that. Yeah, and just one little interesting stat I want to throw out. Um, off the playoff teams and the finalists and the winners last year, Alvin Kamara was in 77.4 of those playoff teams. He was on 48.3 of the finalist teams. Wow. Alvin Kamara was a free agent last year at one point. Coming into the season, we didn't know if it was going to be Ingram, Peterson. We had hopes for Peterson coming in the last year. Remember that there was a little hype of what he may be able to do in, in New Orleans. Now, Kamara... He went undrafted, basically, on many leagues because he, in college, barely got over 15 touches ever in a game. So yep. keep track of these free agents in these positions that you could take advantage like the ones we just talked about. Yeah, they can really help you win your league with the cheap pick late. All right, we're just getting into it. We're going to hit a break here. We'll be right back. Make sure you light up the phone line, 713-780-3776. This is Moneyline on 97.5. So, you want to go out tonight but don't know where to go? Easy fix. Head over to culturemap.com for the latest social happenings going on in the city. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by Klein's Jewelry. Live from the RentersWarehouse.com studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. All right, we are back. Moneyline 97.5-713-780-3776. We're going to get into some Texans talk right here. Um, I don't know about you, Jerry, but I was definitely paying a lot of attention watching the Texans the other night against the Chiefs. I thought they looked pretty good. You know, Watson didn't play a whole lot, but I'm, I'm kind of glad that's the case. <laughs> I don't think you want to risk him this early. So I just... 
maybe some takeaways from the game. I Surprisingly, too, I thought Brandon Whedon looked pretty good for, for Brandon Whedon. I mean, he threw two touchdown passes, which, I mean, I'm still terrified if Deshaun Watson goes down for any length of time because it is the preseason. But overall, I thought the offense looked pretty good. I really looked at the offensive line, too, because, you know, that's the – the major concern for the Texans it has been for the last couple of years. And, you know, I thought they did a pretty decent job, especially early. They opened up some holes for Lamar Miller. And, you know, he said he lost some weight, you know, maybe 10 or 15 pounds. He thought he got a little too heavy last year. And, you know, for me, I saw it. He looked like he had a little more juice and, and got through the hole, was a little quicker through the hole. And uh, he's a guy I might actually be targeting this year. What do you think, Jerry? No, I, uh, I agree. The offensive line is something that we have to keep an eye on and, with preseason, you have to be careful of how far you indulge yourself in what you see. Yep. Um, I know how deep of a Texans guy you are, so I wanted to kind of get your thoughts of which Texans player that you didn't have on your radar did you kind of say, hey, I got to keep my eye on this guy. He might be a viable option in fantasy. You know, I, obviously, you know, Lamar Miller, first of all, there. Uh, I think. I think Ellington's going to end up making the squad over Braxton Miller. Man, every time Braxton touches the field and he gets tackled, he he leaves the game for a few plays. I just, you know, I just don't know if he has the DNA, you know, to play in the NFL. I hope he does. I like him as a player, but you know, he seems to get injured a lot. I think, you know, if I'm not going Lamar Miller and I have to pick somebody else, it's it's got to be Will Fuller. You know, he's got, especially in best ball leagues, Will Fuller, man. If he catches a bomb or two, you know he's getting you 20 points. He's got that speed. Watson's good at throwing the deep ball. Once again, he has some injury concerns with Fuller, but, you know, you don't have to pay a real high draft pick to get him on your squad. So, you know, I think I'd take a flyer on, on Fuller somewhere in the mid to late rounds. Yeah, definitely. Uh, currently, Lamar Miller, depending on what you use as your ADP, but he's currently going somewhere around the back end of the fourth round somewhere around the 22 overall 22nd overall uh running back so i mean like josh said if he can hit the hole and be productive like we know he has like he has before i mean his numbers are so mediocre without watson Mm -hmm. when watson's in he averaged five more points per ppr scoring that just goes to show you how much better watson makes everyone around him Uh, no doubt about it i mean I'm not going to go too crazy. I was loving Lamar Miller a couple of weeks ago before he looked pretty good. I was getting him in like the eighth round. I mean, seriously, eighth That's round cool. for a starting running back. You know, you got to like that, especially on a good offense, we think. And for me, it's about competition, right? Like Alfred Blue, I, I don't think he's going to be taking that many carries from Lamar Miller if he's healthy. And, you know, Foreman's probably going to start on the pup list. You know, he's coming off that Achilles. I don't really know what to expect of, you know, from him. So, I mean, Lamar Miller's got to be the dude. You know, we better hope he, he holds up this year for, for Texans fans. But he's definitely some guy. He's a guy that you can target in your draft that you don't have to pay a lot for. And, you know, if he doesn't have a great year, he's not going to kill you because you're not having to waste a top pick on him. So let's dive into the Texans a little more for you guys. And, you know, Jerry wrote an article, you know, the fantasy football outlook for the Houston Texans. And it's on Sports Map. You guys can go check it out. And uh, he kind of runs down all the the usual suspects, if you will. And, you know, let's start with Deshaun Watson. I'm seeing that his ADP is, you know, it's kind of fluid, but I'm seeing it around 40 sometimes. I'm seeing some people take him in even like the third round, which I think is crazy. Uh, What do you expect from Watson this year, Jerry? Are, are Are you targeting him? 
the sample size that we got from him last year, he did incredible things. Watson had a 9.3 percentage on touchdown rate. So to put that in perspective, only four quarterbacks have been able to clear 7.9 since 2000. The league average last year, 4.3. That goes to show you he's he had twice more the touchdown percentage. This offense rolls through Watson. Usually when you try to break down teams, you say, all right, let's see what they did last year. Obviously, Watson wasn't there. We can't really go to that. What do we know? We know with Watson in, Hopkins is a wide receiver one. He was a top receiver with him in the league. Will Fuller, stone hands, <laughs> 13 receptions, seven touchdowns in four games with Watson. I know you remember seeing the long yep. ball. He was dropping dimes on him. Will Fuller could get under those balls. If he can make Will Fuller that much better, is, isn't he the truth? No, I'm with you. He is. And th- that leads me to Hopkins, right? With Will Fuller in the games, his numbers weren't quite what they were, you know, when Fuller was hurt because, you know, his target share was higher. So, you know, that's something to think about. But, you know, if you want Hopkins in most drafts, you're going to have to take him in the first round. You know, that that's where he's going right now, either the mid of the first round or towards the back end, depending on, you know, where the running backs go and how you feel about guys, you know, that have been injured or maybe rookies in the first round that you're not sure about. Would you spend a first round pick on Hopkins? Yeah, definitely. And you say, well, I hope that Watson holds up then. But the truth is, with Watson or without him, his numbers were pretty similar with Watson he got about six receptions a game, 91 yards, and a touchdown. Without him, six receptions, 91 yards, and his touchdown rate did regress to about .78. So overall scoring, of course, yeah, the touchdowns obviously dropped with Watson out of the uh, the lineup. But as far as him getting his, Nook is going to get his. I mean, you can you can guarantee that. The target share that he gets off the Texans is never going to be replaced because he runs. He, he's the threat on the outside. He runs 94% of his uh, routes on the outside. And when you build trust with Watson, as he did in that little bit of time, I draft him. He's probably one of my top three receivers that I'm taking off that board. Probably my second, to be honest with you. Okay, because that's kind of the argument, right? It's Antonio Brown, Odell Beckham. DeAndre Hopkins like those are the three guys sometimes Julio Jones is in the mix there but those are the guys you're looking at that might go in the first round of your draft and this year is incredibly running back heavy you know remember it's been all about receivers the last few years because running backs have been so bad well last year you know running backs had a great year so now everybody's back on to drafting running backs really early and and taking them so for me there's only really like seven receivers that I consider elite and I want to get one of those guys um, usually it's with my second round pick, but I want to get one of those guys on my team and, and I'll try and get a running back in the first round. Most of all my drafts, I start out with a running back and a receiver with my first two picks. And, and you know, it's not always running back first, but it usually is. So, all right, well, we're just getting started here. We're going to hit another break. We'll be right back with you. 713-780-3776. Once again, we are Moneyline. Come in, talk to me and Jerry Bow about your fantasy squad, and we will we'll get you ready for the season. To call into the 
HRNP listener line dial 713-780-ESPN. Looking to outsource your company's HR and payroll? Get the top initiative and smart solutions with HRP.net. This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by MyBookie. Live from the RentersWarehouse.com studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Bankroll management. What is this word they speak of? This phrase they throw out? Many say... Don't bet over 1% of your total bankroll. Sometimes 1% doesn't tickle the biscuit buster. (laughs) So you go outside the box and you start catching yourself over gambling. Don't make those mistakes. This money on my mind segment is not so much for the picks behind everything, but the thought behind it. When you woke up, when you wake up like on a Sunday morning, you have your eyes on certain games. You bet those games. Depending on how they go and how good the whiskey tastes, you catch yourself chasing in a loss. Three o'clock comes around, you're chasing. You're down a couple hundred, whatever it is that you're betting. I got to make that back. And all of a sudden, you're betting whatever you're down on that team that if you really liked that game, you would have bet it pre-noon, wouldn't you have? Yep. So again, the lesson this week, stick to the plan. Stick to what you know. And there's always another week, as cliche as that sounds. The game goes on. Don't catch yourself messing with, let's say, a local. I know how that game goes. Sunday night, the weekends. Monday, they're calling you for you to pay them. So that Sunday night game that you never even looked at you weren't even going to watch it you had things to do that night (laughs) all of a sudden you're going all in trying to catch up from your other losses don't chase losses and and that's why monday night football's bet on so heavily right because it's your last chance to catch up at the end of the week so and as you're saying that can be a big mistake if you don't feel good about the game right definitely definitely and uh, every week we'll have a little moment where we can kind of give out a little lesson and that was the lesson for this week we won't have actual gambling gambling well degenerates like myself we uh (laughs) we pick up and touch actually i got a little story that it made me realize how bad of a degenerate i really am the other day for the uh (laughs) tell me more (laughs) for the DraftKings kickoff to the preseason i was like you know what hey i've been waiting to play some fantasy so i get on there and I found myself scrolling past the big names, the breezes of the world. And I'm like, where's Nate Sudfeld at? <laughs> That's when you realize something's wrong. When you're looking for Nate Sudfeld because you think that he's going to get at least two quarters of action and you know he, he's a sleeper that day. What's wrong with me, Josh? <laughs> hey, I mean, you, you're the perfect guy with the perfect job, right? I mean, this is, you're giving people gambling <laughs> advice, so I'm sure they hope that you know, you're looking for those little angles and you're that invested. And yeah, that big a degenerate, we can go with that as well. But is that a bad thing? I don't think so. And to piggyback off that, what about with your fantasy lineup, the last minute stuff? You know, you're talking about you know changing your gambling plays based on you know maybe you didn't do well in the first slate of games. What about like fantasy football? The, the clock's ticking down. You know, it's eleven fifty-five in the morning. You're looking at your lineup. 
is that a is that a time where you just like, man, I'm going to leave it with how I said it on on Tuesday or Wednesday, or are you really kind of weighing your options and you, you might flip your flex or something like that that late to the deadline? How do you how do you do that? Have you been in that position where you make that last minute switch? I'm talking about 11:58 Central Standard Time, but you're yes. two minutes before kickoff, and you're oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And then you hit save, not even really knowing who you even ended up going with. Then the game starts, the first drive, the guy you ended up sitting catches a bomb, and you're just sitting there. <laughs> it's the worst. It's it's the worst. I felt that whenever you second-guess yourself so much at, at the end, it becomes more of maybe an objective perspective because – depends what you listened to last say you already had your lineup set let's be real we set our lineups on wednesday in our heads thursday we already have it played yep. out now you might make a couple switches here there's a couple guys that aren't sure starters but for the most part you had a good read on it and that's why you went with that when you comes down to sunday right when it's go time and you happen to catch espn real quick and then somebody says hey this guy he uh he had a great practice this weekend all of a sudden, you're changing things that you shouldn't have, and that goes on both ways, season long and on daily. I, on daily, I can't tell you how many times I've tried to make that last switch, and then I don't even get my lineup saved, and I lose the, the entry because I was out there messing around. And that's I, the worst. <laughs> why me, Josh? Why? Yes. And then you you get it in there, and, it, and if you get the switch done that you wanted, you're like, oh yeah, great. But if you don't get it done, you're like, well, that was meant to be. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you, know you start like rationalizing with yourself, like, oh, the, you know, the fantasy gods are smiling upon me it didn't let me flip this guy and and of course it it usually blows up in your face uh maybe michael who is on the line on hold right now maybe he's had a similar experience he's got a fantasy question so uh let's get in michael right here hey guys uh love the concept of the show and look forward to listening to you uh thank you my question is i'm in a two quarterback league uh when do you think the first quarterback should come off the board what round what pick and then also, where do you guys have Deshaun Watson ranked amongst quarterbacks? All right. Uh, I guess I'll attack the first question. Man, if it's a two-quarterback league, you're probably going to see two of the top guys go in the first round. That, that That's pretty standard. This year's a little bit of a, an exception because quarterback has never been this deep before. But you'll probably see – you know, Aaron Rodgers and whoever you have as the number two quarterback, whether it's, you know, maybe Russell Wilson or Tom Brady, you know, depending on, you know, depending on your scoring format, if you're in a, you know, a four point touchdown league, then, you know, Brady's going to be a little less valuable and guys like Cam Newton and Russell Wilson will be a little higher as far as, uh, and I'll throw this to you, Jerry, but as far as Watson, I've, I've got him around maybe my fifth or sixth quarterback. It, I'm just a look. I love the upside. Don't get me wrong. It's just you know the offensive line isn't great, and Watson's coming off an injury, so I'm a little less likely to go all in. And it's more about his ADP. I mean, you're you're having to spend a third or fourth round pick on him, and I just don't want to go quarterback that early unless you know I'm getting Aaron Rodgers, and even Rodgers, I don't want to take until the fourth or fifth. So, uh, so Jerry, how about you? No, you make a great point. I uh, I see Watson as the number two overall ranked uh, quarterback in many, many, many uh, ADPs, and I don't see it that way. I go for security. Russell Wilson, to me, is more secure. Tom Brady, to me, secure. Breeze, last year, yes, we know they ran the ball much more than they usually do in New Orleans. The law of average, median. 
if he regrets that much breeze last year, you figure he might pick it up a little bit this year. Let's play the law of average. Is Deshaun Watson worth that much more than Cam Newton? I don't, that's tough. It's a lot of projection with Watson. You know, look, you know, everybody listening, you know, we're not fortune tellers. We can only kind of use our eyes and our experience and kind of project how we think it's going to go. And it just, the risk reward taking Watson that early for me, uh, you know, I think I've seen him, you know, anywhere 30 to 40 overall. I'm just not looking to go quarterback that early, but that's a strategy thing. If you really want Deshaun Watson on your team and you believe in him, then maybe snag him in the third round. If he ends up being what he was last year when he was awesome, then, you know, he could help you win your league, no problem. So, and I want people to draft guys that they like. You know, if you really believe in a guy, you know, don't just not pick him because of, you know, something you heard on television or or on a website. You know, it's if you want a player on your team, go get him. But also know that you're going to have to have some backup plans and, you know, it may not go your way, but you want it. You want it to be your team. You want to root for the guys that you want to root for, but you also want to win. So that's, you know, that's the balance that you're kind of walking right there. So I, I like Watson, but I'm not going to go crazy over drafting him. And one more thing on that. We're in Houston, Texas. It's Houston, Texas, guys. Guys like Deshaun Watson are going to go earlier in drafts because you're in the city that he plays for. You're going to have more fans that, that he's going to be pushed up the draft board. So you're probably going to have to take Watson a little earlier than you're comfortable taking him just because of where you are locally. And something interesting to add on to the quarterbacks, um, it's deep this year. It's so deep of a position that you get steals still in the ninth, 10th, 11th rounds. 52% of quarterbacks that are drafted top 10 in their position, out of those 52%, half of that end up as a top 10 quarterback for their position in points. So just drafting a, a quarterback that's ranked top 10 doesn't automatically mean he's going to end up as a top quarterback for the year. That happens half the time. So sometimes it takes that one person breaking the seal saying, I'll take Rodgers. And shortly after that, people start panicking. They're like, wow, Rodgers is gone? Where's Brady? Where's Watson? And then people start making bad picks. When people make bad picks, that creates value. When that value is created, that's when you get in there and you eat. You do. And one thing to keep in mind with you know seasonal leagues and drafting, some leagues go quarterback early. You know, we, we kind of follow more of the expert leagues where you're seeing guys like Aaron Rodgers fall to the fourth, fifth round. And a lot of, you know, just normal drafts with your buddies, quarterbacks go sooner than that. So you have to be able to adjust on the fly. You know, if you want one of those guys and everybody else is diving in and taking one, sometimes you have to kind of throw your strategy out the window and, and go get a quarterback early if you're really excited about one. But this is the year to wait. You know, I've been doing a lot of mock drafts. I consistently keep getting Drew Brees in the ninth round. I mean, last year was the outlier for Brees. You know, he's basically a top five quarterback every year. I think they're going to throw the ball a little more this year. I I think it's going to go against last year's philosophy a little bit. So he's a guy that I'm really targeting. Drew Brees in the ninth. And then if I'm really waiting, I'm looking at a guy like Matt Ryan and, you know, 11th, 12th round, if he's still there. And a lot of times he is, guys. He's not a number one quarterback in in a lot of leagues that are drafted. And he was the MVP two years ago. And you remember how good he was in his second year in the Shanahan offense? Well, this is his second year in the Sarkis. Cartesian off, uh, offense. So you might actually see a little bounce back from Matt Ryan this year, and, and he's cheap. 
And with them adding Ridley so that, you know, there's another explosive player outside, you know, that's not Julio Jones, uh, I think he could have a really big year. No, definitely. And he goes so late right now in drafts. He's around the Rivers ranges and all yeah. and whatnot. But if you look at the overall scores for last year, just in fantasy points, 13 out of the 15 were quarterbacks. Two running backs. Gurley was second. That was inflated by his six receiving touchdowns. Bell was 13th. What does this tell you? That it's deep. Your 12th, 14th overall scorer is a quarterback that's going in the, you know, in the double-digit rounds. There's a category that's called VBD, Value-Based Draft System. It's created by Joe Bryant. It's basically the amount of points a player at a position outscores. Say you're a 12-man league, how much he outscores the RB12. So it kind of gives you a gist of how the the running back position is performing. When you do the other way, like I said, 13 out of the 15 top scores were quarterbacks. When you do it, who is the top on value-based draft system? Eight out of the top 10 are running backs. So it shows you how scarce they are. It shows you how important it is to get a running back because the difference of their scoring between being a top 12 running back is so much it, 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 that's where it's at. Everybody knows that quarterbacks are going to score, but they're deep. You want that VBD and quarterbacks dominate that category. No doubt about it, Jerry. All right, we got a lot more to hit on. We're going to be back after the break. Give us a call, 713-780-3776. If you've got any drafts coming up, any questions, we'd love to help you guys out. We will be back after this. This is Moneyline 97.5. Everything proper, no propaganda. Chopper counter, go yard, bandana. Big sack, a lot of. Like Santa, do a birthday party in a phantom. Big this like a is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by Klein's Jewelry. Live from the RentersWarehouse.com studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Moneyline. Welcome back to Moneyline. Want to touch on a give a thank to our sponsors while we're talking all this gambling my bookie ag is where we place all these bets we're uh we're yep. going to get into some of these win totals and whatnot and i just want to explain to you how good my bookie AG, ag is they uh they released their futures months ago you're looking at all these other sites and they weren't even up when you gamble it's hard enough to beat the game itself but when you have to beat the game and then beat the bookie to get your money that's a problem with my bookie AG, they always pay out on time. Props, live bets, straight bets, parlays, they offer it all. These guys, their reputation's built off of pain. You don't have to jump through hoops. You don't have to meet somebody in a Walmart parking lot <laughs> feeling guilty. Everyone walking around you, you're looking at them like, do they know? No, not with this. My bookie, quick, easy transactions. I love them. That's where I place all my bets. That's where I'll be placing all my bets this uh, this upcoming season, and 
I look forward to uh, having these guys with us for a long time. That's my bookie AG, and uh, thanks to these guys for having uh, to being part of the show. All right. Well, speaking of which, let's let's get into some gambling, right? That's what we're talking about here. We'll start in the AFC South. I mean, why not with our Houston Texans? We uh, we pulled up the number on my bookie. The number is at nine. It's it's about even money on the win total for the Texans this season. Um, you know, I went through their schedule and. Uh, I mean, I'm a Texans fan. We have to be honest, right? I'm inclined to, to take the over. Um, and, and until I looked at the schedule, I, I wasn't really leaning that way. But you know how you just go through a schedule and you go win, win, win? And I just kind of did that, and and I feel pretty good about it. So th- that's where I'm at. I, I'm going to go with over on the Texans. I'm hopeful Deshaun Watson, and you know maybe we see a little regression from Jacksonville. Probably not much. I think they'll still be pretty good. But, yeah, I'm going to take the over. Uh, where are you at, Jerry? All right. Well, thanks to our friends at MyBookieAG, the total is set at nine. I think, and I'm not a Texans fan. I work in the market. I honestly think they they smashed this. I think they're a double-digit win team. Um, The return of Watt, the return of Watson, obviously, merciless. The addition of of the Honey Badger, Colvin. I think overall, if, if this team can stay healthy, they have a good shot at it. They, by Warren Sharp, he, they are rated the number one softest schedule in the league. And just to give you a, a gist of how sharp Warren Sharp is. He knows his stuff. In 2015, the Jets, they had the softest rated schedule. They went 10-6. 2016 Cowboys, softest schedule, 13-3. 2017 Jags, 10-6. All three teams had double-digit wins. Take the Texans over. I think we made a lot of people happy here in Houston, so that's good. And I think they're going to be good this year. I just do. I think the defense is going to bounce back. It's only injuries, right? And I know it's football. That can happen to anybody. But you can only go on what's most likely to happen. And I think they're going to stay a little healthier this year, and I'm going to take the over. So that means that some other teams are going to have to lose some games in the AFC South, right, for the Texans to, to go over nine. So let's move, uh, let's move to the Jags let's, first. Let's get a Cam Stott real quick on the yeah, Texans. I know he's camp. a big Texans guy. What, uh, what do you see happening this year, man? Yeah, I'm going to take the over as well. I mean, if, if you look at the schedule, obviously your eyes blow up when you see New England. However, if you're going to play New England, it might as well be week one because they're not going to be at their best. So yep. this is a team that's playing New England, Tennessee, New York, Indy, Dallas, and Buffalo. They could easily go 6-0 and in my opinion because, you know, Dallas to me is they're about where they were last year. We know Indy's not very good. We don't really know what to expect from the Giants. You know, we've seen Barkley play pretty well in the preseason, but it's been one game. They still have question marks. Tennessee, yeah, they made the playoffs last year. Not sure how, um, but I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna fall back a little bit. So I definitely think this is a Texans team that they could easily win ten or eleven games. Yeah, there great point. Great point, and uh, I agree with it. If you're going to pay the Patriots, go ahead and get them first. We know what they did last year on the opening yeah, night. Chiefs so, beat them. Yeah, and. I agree with everything you said um, with having the AFC East in there and then they catch the Cowboys uh, on a nationally televised game. I think everything works out for them. And like I said, double-digit wins for the Houston Texans this year. There you go. All right, let's move it around to Jacksonville, our division chance from last year. I I believe they lost to the Titans twice last year. Um, The number's at eight, which kind of surprises me for a team that was (laughs) – 
as good as they were last year. So uh, I'm kind of inclined to, let's see here. They start with the Giants, and then they have the Patriots, and then they have Tennessee. So they may not get off to a, a great start, but I, I'm thinking they're going to finish pretty strong. At the end of the year, Indy, Tennessee, Washington, Miami, I mean, that's not terrifying. And then they, they finish up with the Texans the last week. So just because the number's eight, I, I'm inclined to go over, even though it's a, a little expensive, right, Jerry? No, definitely. And when you think about Jacksonville last year, you – picture that defense and how ferocious they were and how they dominated games and they didn't allow opponents to score well that's good news if you have a bad quarterback like Bortles because that puts him in easy spots spots where he doesn't have to make plays he just doesn't have to make bad plays you know what I mean and when it gets to that point that's why he was comfortable with the defense like that they can keep you even when you're down within one score where he's not out there just having to step back and rip it. I don't even know if he can rip it. I'm sorry. That's the wrong word for him. <laughs> when he goes back there and tosses the ball around, um, I think he's due for a big, big regression. The Jaguars were number one in uh, rush attempts last year. They leaned on Fournette so hard. Um, he ran against the most eight-man boxes in the league. Why? Not so much anything else other than teams aren't really scared of Bortles arm. No, you could stack a box knowing if I could get to this guy, he he's he'll, he'll have happy feet in the pocket and then he'll make a bad throw. Well, at least we thought so. And me being a Steeler fan, I learned the hard way in that, uh, in that playoff game. Yeah. But I mean, but you saw the next week, right against the Patriots, they, they get that lead and then he can't make a play at the end of the game to, to put the Patriots away. So that's Bortles there. Let's go ahead and hit on these other two real quick. We're, we're up against the segment here in a second. Let's go ahead and move over to the Titans. The number's at, at eight and a half. And obviously, we can't have every team going over in the AFC South, I wouldn't imagine. So I just, maybe because it's the Titans, but I, I'm going to take the under on the Titans. I, and I know that. You know, I know they're up and coming. They made the playoffs, but I think somebody's got to take a step back in the division, and and I'm going to go with Tennessee taking a step back, and that number's eight and a half. And I agree as well, kind of going off of what Cam kind of said right now. He sees uh, Tennessee not being too good this year, and if you look back at last year, their point differential was in the negatives, and they made the playoffs. So you ask, how is this possible? Well, let's look at the AFC South as a whole. Injuries. He played – Texans, when he played with Watson, you saw what happened there. They 50 got burger. A 50 burger. They got to face luck, a luckless Colts. What do we really have here? They were one in, uh, five and one in the division. That's got to regress. Yep. So I as well will take the under on the overrated Tennessee Titans. What about you, Cam? Yeah, I'm going under. Like I said earlier, it was astonishing to me that they made the playoffs with that point differential. And, you know, unlike Houston, who has a relatively easy schedule to start the season, I think Tennessee's schedule to start the season is pretty tricky with Baltimore and the Chargers and Philadelphia and Jacksonville. So I think I think the first half of the season for Tennessee is going to be kind of their, 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 their doomsday. So, yeah, I don't see them hitting more than seven wins. All right. Uh, we'll f- uh, finish up here with the Colts. The number for the Colts is at seven and a half. Uh, I'm looking at their schedule here. They start with Cincinnati, Washington, and then they face the world champs, the Eagles. So, I mean, I, 
two and one out of their first three games wouldn't shock me with the Colts. And then they, they play the Texans and that's at home as well. So, but I think that number is about right. Seven and a half. Um, I'm going to go over just because the reports are luck is good to go. And the dude wins games when he's healthy he's only got to win eight to hit the number here. So I'm, I'm going to take the over, but I think it's going to be close. I think they will get about eight or nine games. Yeah, and I hate to be vanilla, but uh, we agree on a lot of these numbers, and yeah, and we haven't talked about this at, at all. time at all, <laughs> at all, at all. I just I can't go against him here. Um, Luck healthy, he's he's always been a winner, division wise. Eight and eight is the worst record I think he's had as a starter. Eleventh easiest schedule according to Warren Sharp. If they can stay healthy and they can establish the run game. Look for the Colts to be little, I guess I hate to use the word sleepers, but look for them to a surprise on any given week. And I think their, their defense isn't great, right? I think they're going to have to win a lot of high scoring games, which I think they can do with Andrew Luck and, and T.Y. Hilton. I, I think that's how they're going to have to play to win. You know, their, their secondary is not very good. So they're, they're going to have to sling it around a little bit and, they got the guy to do that. So uh, so anyway, yeah, we're going to go over there on the Colts. All right. Yeah, so we're up against another break. Give us a call. We want to hear from everyone out there, all the people that are uh, on my Twitter folks, all my love out there. Give me a call. I want to talk. We want to talk fantasy. We want to talk money. We see you, Tricky Nick. On the, We'll get to you on the other side of the break. This is Money Liner 97.5. Answer that? To call into the HRP listener line, dial 713 780 ESPN. ACA could be tweaked, reformed, or repealed in the future. But for now, employers must comply. Visit hrp.net for help.